The Once in Future Nerd depends on listeners like you for funding and for spreading the word. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, and if you are able, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd. You shall be rewarded. The Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 1 A Cruel and Sullied World By Christian T. Kelly Madeira Part 3 You'll recall that Yellowin, Kaltir to the great but troubled House Gwernathal, had been tasked with helping Bryce Riverfell's garrison rebuild the badly damaged fortress at Freehold. You'll also recall that this was in large part a ruse by Sir Brennan to conceal from Yellowin his flight west in search of Regan. So it is somewhat ironic that Yellowin's vantage point atop the ramparts of Freehold was what allowed him to espy Brennan's riding away. He returned to the day's work he had promised to do, but thereafter the scowl he'd worn since the morning hardened even further. That evening, with Brennan gone, Jen and Nelson took the opportunity to speak privately with Billy. Their first order of business was to fill him in on what Nia had told them. So that's pretty much it. Everyone's been having those freaky dreams that might be about us. Because maybe one of us is some kind of mythical champion or something. And our best chance to figure out how to get home is by talking to some old people, but those people might convince Brennan not to let us leave anyway. That sounds like one of those, um, those, those things, uh, a dilemma. Cash 22. How much? It means we've got a bunch of things that need to happen before we can get to our final goal, but one of the things that need to happen actually interferes with the final goal. So, that is a textbook Cash 22. A dilemma is different. It's when you've got two choices that both suck. Right, so like right now, when your choice is between my foot up your ass and my fist through your nose, is, is that a dilemma? That would be assault, so... Billy, don't threaten Nelson when he explains things. He usually knows what he's talking about. But he's... Nelson, before you say stuff like that, maybe stop and ask yourself whether you're trying to help the group or just make yourself feel smart. Fair. Fine. But seriously, I kind of do have a dilemma. I can stay here, or I can try to go home. Okay, as someone who never felt safe for a second in high school, let me be the first to say that this place is mad dangerous. We narrowly avoid death like 10 times a week. Agreed. I'm not saying I like it here. I'm just saying there's something uh, easier in a screwed up way about being in pure survival mode. Just react or you're dead. No time to spin every little thing around in your head until you convince yourself it's your fault and you're a bad person. Babe, none of this is our fault. We just got put here and we're doing what we have to do. Exactly. Look, I'm realizing lately there's some stuff in my head I've got to deal with and I know that's where this is coming from, whoa, but whoa, whoa. I... What do you mean, stuff? I... I'll talk to you about it later, Okay. But you know, the second we get back, there's going to be a parade of counselors and cops and excruciating nights with our families where they stare at us quietly and say, 
it's okay if you don't want to talk a million times until we talk just to shut him up. I, I cannot deal with that right now. If my dad ever did that, I would die of a heart attack. You know what I mean, though, right? I'm worried about my grandma. She already buried her son. I'd hate to think that she's doing one of those lame, assumed dead, but nobody found funerals for me. Ugh, yeah, I know. I'm worried about my mom. But still, I'm staying. I can't make this call for anyone else. I I don't want either of you to stay just because I'm staying. If you want to leave... No. Hell no. No way I'm leaving you behind. I know, honey. I know. I'm, I'm just saying, let's not bullshit ourselves. If we stay here, any one of us could die tomorrow. If you stay, stay for yourself. Can anyone honestly say they didn't feel like they were slowly dying on the regular in Pennsylvania? At least there are options. Maybe for you, man. Ain't shit for me. I'm pretty good at football. On a good day, I'm probably the second or third best QB in an ass crack of nowhere town. And I'm a dumbass. You're not. I'm a redneck dumbass who's just pretty good at football. No college for me. Only thing for me in Pennsylvania was Jen. Hon, you're not dumb. And you're not a redneck. You have a rugged country aesthetic. It's hot. She placed a hand on Billy's arm. Part of me would kind of love to see those ass clowns from Valley North try and sack you now. <laughs> yeah. You're not worried about your mom? Maybe without me tying her down, she'll finally have the balls to leave my dad. We've been here for like a month and we still don't have a snowball's clue and fuck how we got here or how to leave. I think Mia's right. I think we gotta hear what this Council of Elders has to say. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that. But if we decide we want to go back between now and then, I don't really have a plan for dealing with Brennan. If it really came down to it, you think you could take him? I don't want to. But if we really caught him off guard, I think I could yeah, knock yeah, chill, him chill, out. Chill, chill, chill. Billy quickly shushed his friends as he spotted Yellowin stalking towards them purposefully from several dozen yards away. We shall, how do you say it... Fast forward through most of the awkward shuffling small talk as the Pennsylvanians waited for the elf to draw close. Sucks that we keep getting interrupted like this. Sup, Weenie? Have any of you seen Regan today? Not today. Nope. Right. And he strode off with purpose as our three youngest heroes shared a look of concern and no small disappointment. Perhaps to her own surprise... Nia had stolen a few minutes to admire the stars, as grown folk so rarely do. But her meditation was disturbed by Yellowin. Kaltir, how went things at the keep? Where was Sir Brennan headed after your conversation? Nia's fidgeting was subtle, but would have hardly been remarkable were it not so great a departure from her usual trained sage-like composure. I'm not certain. I saw him riding west in great haste from atop the rampart. I say again, his exact destination is not known to me. But you have some idea as to his purpose. Am I wrong in suspecting it has something to do with Her Majesty's conspicuous absence today? Whatever else I know is not rightly mine to divulge. But it was fine to discuss with Sir Brennan. Under the circumstances, yes. Nia, have I shown myself at any time to be less than faithful to my post? Or to have betrayed your confidence in any way? No, Kaltir. Then why do I feel I still lack the trust of all those I travel with? They who still feel the need to make plans behind my back. It's not a slight on you personally. 
I'm sure you're worldly enough to understand a man in Sir Brennan's position might have need of a few secrets. That is why the Concordat allows for the legal right of a Do royal Do not court. condescend to lecture me on the law. I've not said anyone's behavior was unlawful or even improper, but it is unbecoming of a friend. Kaltir? I will not grovel to be called friend by, s by those I am charged to as Kaltir, but I'm sure you're worldly enough to understand that rebuking my parents in their own house to defend this queen was a tremendous show of faith, performed at a considerable cost to myself. I know that your faith in the queen has been noticed, if not yet rewarded, and I am sorry for any insult I have personally done you. Atimo Loyigo. Yes, that's well and good. Have you any sense when Sir Brennan might return? Kaltir, your familial ties are none of my concern, but you should know that my parents were furious when I decided to join the Order of the Quill, and things have improved, truly. No one can walk a path for long which they believe to be false. Rather, wisdom shows us that the path of truth is ever winding, so we must have faith that love is unwavering. I have found that to be true, in the long run at least. Thank you, Nia. Atimo Loigo. I would still like to speak with Sir Brennan. I truly do not know when he will return. I'm sorry. Then it seems I must wash my hands of the matter until he deigns to return. Good evening. He departed then, but the brief serenity Nia had found just a few moments prior now seemed to be good and gone. I'll now take the opportunity to return your attention to the former seat of power for the once great House Gwernathal. You'll recall that Castle Gwernathal was now held by forces allied with the usurper, Lord Ardell of House Redmore. Hold and state your business! It's me, you dolt. Harold? Yes, Harold. Come to relieve you like I've done. Five nights running at exactly this hour. With you these days, you've been jumpy as a rat in a rookery. I've seen it again. Really, you've seen the ghost? Well, early. I told you, you're not used to castles this tall. It's just the wind playing tricks. I know what wind sounds like, Harold. Wind don't talk. All right, all right. What did it say? Death to usurpers. Just like that, then it was gone. At this, a concerned frown did overtake the older sentry's face. Where did you hear this? That tower over there. Come with me. Believe me now, do you? Like there's a ghost in the castle? No, but Lord Redmore's enemies do have spies who spread slanders about it. Harold? What's a usurper? <laughs> it's not Lord Redmore, and that's all you need to know. It was then the older sentry noticed the younger was covering his lower body with his shield instead of the customary upper body configuration. What in Selberin are you doing? Guarding myself? Your heart and lungs are up here! Don't you know, Harold? They say a ghost can ex a man's. You know? You think a ghost's gonna put a curse on your cock? As your spiritual guide to our tale, let me be very clear. This is not a thing. 
There are more things in Selbrin and Jordan, my dear friend, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. But non-corporeal apparitions placing a hex on a man's genitals have never been among them. Would you pick your bloody shield up? As it happened, though, the torches in the watchtower to which the two sentries were headed did extinguish suddenly just then. It's the ghost! Come on. They reached the turret to find another of their comrades in a heap on the floor. Eric! Check the corners. And when the torches were relit... Harold! Look! The two sentries saw their comrade... Well, fine, he was holding onto his genitals and rocking back and forth in pain. The ghost next is cock! But the elder sentry also noticed that the red and silver-red more pennants which had adorned the tower had been replaced with hastily fashioned blue and gold. Guernatal colours. Eric, what's happened? All he said was death to your servants. The younger shot the elder a desperate look. Believe me now, Harold. Aye, maybe we ought to tell the sergeant about this. Four days after the Battle of Freehold, some degree of normality and routine had taken hold in the camp near the fort. After breaking their fast, the Pennsylvanians had been dispatched to fetch water. So, getting back home, do you think we'd have to get hit by lightning again? Because that sucked ass. Or just click her heels three times to say there's no place that's home because my identity is too complicated. Ugh, too real. Make way! Oh, shit. Not, Not good. good. Make way for the wounded! The three of them dropped their water and sprinted back towards the camp. Make way! Make way! What in Galadin's good graces? Oh, dear. Both of you, help me get her down. They hoisted Regan onto a field couch in Brennan's tent. What's happened? There was a fire in the forest. When I found her, she'd already fainted. Regan was breathing, but her breaths were shallow and pained. What happened? Fire. One wrist is broken and the other hand is badly burned. Jen got close to Regan and noticed that a sickly blue tinge had just begun to overtake her lips. Wrist and hand will have to wait. She's not getting enough air. Do we have any medicine that stops swelling? None that works quickly. That's why I use ice. Okay. Brennan, can you saw off the bottom of a cup or something? Make a tube. He set to it. Nia, you're going to cool her throat while I try to hyper-oxygenate the air she's getting. As soon as I figure out what the selberic shadow of an oxygen molecule feels like. Jen cupped her own nose and mouth and closed her eyes to concentrate. <coughs> uh, nope, that's nitrogen. Take two. Here. Nia placed Brennan's sawn-off cup over Regan's mouth and nose. Okay, I think that's it. Nia, you good? Yes, I'll soothe her throat. As Nia placed her hands on Regan's throat, Jen wrapped hers around the cup and focused deeply. A breeze passed through the room, and the world around that cup seemed to twist. Regan. Regan? Regan, can you hear me? Regan. Ironna Regan, can you hear me? I need you to wake up. Maggie? Maggie, can you hear me, Maggie? With apparently great effort, Regan groaned and groggily opened her eyes. Good, Maggie. Good. Stay with me. I need you to take deep breaths. Regan shook her head no. It's gonna hurt like a bitch, but you're not gonna get enough air otherwise. 
I want you to inhale while I count to three. Ready? In, two, three, and out. In, two, three, and out. In, two, Stable, at least. That was extremely well done, Jen. I, I dare say the finest physicians I've ever met could learn a thing from you. Oh, thanks. I'm just glad it worked. Oh, Brennan, you killed it with that splint. Mm, once you've set your own bone, it's not too hard to do on others. Her burn is cleaned and bandaged with a good salve. It will scar, but with exercise she'll retain use of the hand. Do we have anything for pain? Bryce may have some puppy milk to spare. Mm, that will greatly slow the breathing, though. Not sure we can risk it at present. We could get her drunk if we have to. It's not ideal, but not as hardcore as an opiate. I don't know how we'd even start to reckon the proper amount for the likes of her. And I not have her monitor her own intake. Why don't we start with tea of the willow? Does that actually work? It helps a headache. Sometimes. We can start there. She'll hate it. Cross that bridge when we come to it, I guess. I'll take the first watch. You both should get some rest. Get us if anything changes with her, okay? Gods and Selberin. Was that worth it, Your Grace? The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Class and Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Paul Notis. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Production audio recording by Jared Paul, with help this chapter by Robert Don. Editing by Josh Perot and Christian T. Kelly Madeira. Mixing and sound design by Pedro Tarago and Miguel Patriota. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. Mm-hmm.